Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. A little bit for this week. Uh, when Jesus came, I just wrote these down thinking of this uh, yesterday morning to just kind of build our expectation. It's been a tough year. Uh, it's been some tough things that we're, we're dealing with. But when Jesus came, uh, okay, 2,000 years ago, uh, it was, uh, people were losing hope. It was a very dark time uh, for uh, the people of God. 400 years of silence. Uh, there hasn't been any miracle other than the miracle of Maccabees, which we, we have that. And uh, I believe that was absolutely a miracle of God. But there was no new prophets prophesying anything. They were all just waiting for this Messiah that's been promised forever. And it's been taken forever for him to come. So there were many that were losing hope. But there was a remnant of people, and you find them in Luke and in Matthew, uh, that were still believing God and were still holding on to their faith and were expecting. The Bible says, in fact, in Luke 3.15, that the people were living in expectation. So if they can live in expectation in such a dark time, I mean, the Romans took over their land and they were oppressing the Jews. Uh, it, it was just awful. They took their land that was promised to Abraham. And once again, here they go. Uh, and it just it was just awful days to live in. But there was a remnant that kept their faith in God. And it's, they name them Simeon, Anna, John the Baptist's parents. The whole, what we call the Christmas story, those were the faithful remnant of God's people who were holding on and they were expecting, that's the thing, they were expecting God still to do something. And um, as I said, your hunger, don't lose your hunger and your faith, those two things. Hopefully you are expecting, and I want you to expect God to do something uh, great this year. Keep your expectancy up. And I know there's many that's dealing with COVID again, and it's here we go, starting a new year. But let me just say this. I was wrote, right, wrote this down. A rocky start doesn't mean a crash landing. A rocky start does not mean a crash landing. I, I remember 2017. Uh, I pay attention to the end of years and the beginning of years. I'm going to go over to Matthew in just a minute. So if you want to get ready, go to Matthew 6. I'm preaching right now, by the way. So... Um, I pay attention to how years end and how years begin. That's just what I do, being in ministry and leading the church. I'm always uh, just, what is God doing? But God can do whatever he wants. It doesn't depend on a calendar year, okay? It's not like January. God's like, okay, here we go. No, no, God operates in seasons, right? I taught in that uh, a lot about that before. Um, but we may be at the beginning of our calendar year and maybe dealing with some things, but uh, it, it, it's, it happens. And I remember 2017 was one of the most difficult years uh, for my family, Melinda and I. And uh, at the end, it started at the end of 2016, lost one of my favorite uncles, my uncle Everett uh, Markham, uh, lived in Chelsea, in Michigan. Just a highlight of my whole life is going out to his farm out there in Chelsea and and feeding pigs, and we'd always go from the city to his house, and he's a man of God, a man of faith, and uh, we lost him at the end of 2016, and it was difficult, and died, and, uh, but we, uh, then I got sick, I had this pneumonia, uh, really got bad, and went into the first um, month of 2017, was in the hospital, uh, had to have a major surgery, a four-hour surgery, I had fluid in my lungs, and it was going to my heart, and it was a scary time, and 
just laying in the hospital, starting off a year. The church was doing good, but man, this ha- this happened, and it was just awful. I remember praying, believing God for a miracle, and and uh, He got me through that season. Mir- uh, surgery went good, and then I had to get a pick line put in my arm, and for thirty days, every single day at seven in the morning, I was at Beaumont getting an infusion. And uh, I was on the same floor with the cancer patients. There was two of us that were there getting antibiotics. Everybody else was getting treatment for cancer. And um, every single day doing that. And I remember uh, just meeting the people there and kind of building a little community. And uh, there were people of faith there. We were talking about the Lord. I'll never forget one mother of a church. She was a church mother dressed up on Sunday. And uh, she was coming and to get her infusion, battling cancer. But she's going to go teach her Sunday school class. And uh, it was just a testimony to everybody on that floor. And I was dressed, of course, for church, had my church clothes on, and I'd go get my infusion, drive to church and preach. Um, Pastor Steve helped a lot. He carried a lot of that load. And, and uh, But there we were every single day fighting this infection that wouldn't go away in my body. And, and uh, it was just tough. It was a tough time. And at the end of that, we're still believing God's beginning a new year. Hallelujah, here we go. And, and all of a sudden, the, the main uh, water line for my sewer line that goes out of my house into the city broke uh, behind my house. This is January. And uh, so we had no uh, water in my house. And we had to wait 30 days for the the coverage to cover that if I was going to get coverage because it was $7,000 for them to dig up my backyard and and repair that drain. And I remember just standing out there looking out and seeing that, digging up my backyard and having a pick line on the side of me. And we got to go to Planet Fitness to uh, have showers. And I remember taping up before I got in to take a shower and having to still preach about faith. You know, still trying to lead people to believe that God is right there with you. And, And those are tough times. Those are tough times, but I remember... Like always, I'm standing here today, healthy as I can be. God brought us out of that season. And that year, yeah, give God praise for that. That year, do you know, was one of the best years that we ever had as a, as a family and as a church. We celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. We went to Curacao that year. Uh, 16 of us went to Israel. Vail was there. We went to, there we were at the end of that year, standing in the footsteps of where Jesus walked. Got baptized in the River Jordan on my uh, 20th spiritual anniversary, November the 5th. And uh, so that's just to let you know that no matter how this year starts, no matter what you're facing with right now, don't let it set the tone of your expectation for the rest of the year. Come on, that was the point of that whole service, that whole, that whole uh, example, because God can still turn it around. No matter what it is. And let's begin this week of fasting and praying for expecting God to do something great. But also, and here's been my prayer. I said this at our New Year's Eve. uh, Had some folks over and watched the the Michigan play like the Lions. But anyway, uh, so we we had a New Year's time at the house. And we were talking about at the end there, right when the ball dropped, you know, like, what are you expecting? And we're talking about the next coming year, and, and everybody, you know, we're all just sharing what we're believing God for, and I shared it with them. COVID's kind of changed some things in the way I pray, even the last couple of years. Um, I'm not praying this year for God not to bring any storms or any hard times. Uh, my prayer is, and I'm just going to share this with you, my prayer has been, God, just no matter what happens this year, let my faith be more anchored in you than ever. Let me walk more in step with the Holy Spirit this year than ever. 
You'll never find in the early church, in the book of Acts, where the early church being persecuted by Rome, they were being killed because of their faith. Never one time did they pray, oh God, please stop the persecution. Never one time in the book of Acts have we read that. We're in chapter 25 now in that series, right? We haven't read one time, but this is what they prayed. God, give us the strength and the boldness to impact this world and make it through this season. Amen? So give God some praise for that today. Stand to your feet, open up to Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to read a, a short verse on fasting. We're going to go through this outline, and then we're going to pray. And we're going to begin our prayer and fasting. Some are starting today. Some have already started yesterday. Some are starting tomorrow. I don't uh, care what time you, you do it or how you fast, but I am asking everybody in River of Life Church family on the umbrella, there's a bunch of us, let's do a corporate fast. Because fast is, fasting is powerful, as I'll show you, when we do it individually. But it is even more powerful when we do it corporately as a church body. There's something about unity that God just just blesses, and he blesses a lot. And so in uh, Matthew chapter 6, we have Jesus' teaching on fasting. Verse 16, it says, Moreover, when you fast, I love that, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites that have a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. They want everybody to know that they are fasting. Jesus says, them kind of people, I say to you, they already have their reward. That's their reward right there. For people to look at them and go, man, you're so spiritual. That's, Jesus said, that's, that's their reward right there. But no, he says, I tell you, verse 17, this is you. See, you're in the Bible. He's talking to everybody that's reading this. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. I just want to title this today, uh, When We Fast. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this first week that we're just dedicating unto you. We invite your presence, Lord, into this fast. And, Lord, we know we are going to expect some great things. And I pray, Lord, if anybody here maybe has lost their expectation because of the world or because of just things happening. God, I pray that this week would rejuvenate that desire, that passion, and that expectancy for the supernatural and for your your spirit to be with us even more. I pray that, Lord, today. And I thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated today. If you have that outline, I'm going to go through it uh, and best I can. But this whole week, starting tonight, we are going to explore the different names and the nature of Jesus Christ, which everything we're believing God for this year is going to come through the name of Jesus. Everything that you are expecting is going to come through Jesus. And so every night this week, we're going to discuss a different attribute or a different description in Scripture about the nature and the names of Jesus. How many know what's all about Jesus? It's something about that name, Jesus. And so at 7 o'clock, right, every night, you're going to be there. Uh, it's going to be uh, live streamed on all three of our platforms, just like we are today, our, our YouTube channel, our website, or Facebook. And uh, so you want to be there at 7 o'clock every night this week. Uh, fasting, what is it? It's just not skipping food. That's a diet. If you skip food, that's just a diet. But if you skip food... And you pray and seek God during that time, it's fasting. That's all it is. Um, So, 
First, number one in your outline, fasting should be what? A common practice for a believer from this text today. Fasting should be a common practice uh, for a believer. Jesus says, when you fast. He didn't say uh, the only time we fast. No, he said, when you fast. In other words, he's assuming we're going to practice this often. It's, it's a common practice. Now, we do it corporately as a church the first of the year, uh, but it's not the only time we should be fasting. Fasting should be a part of our spiritual walk with God. You should implement it into your walk with God. Uh, maybe you want to be uh, want to fast the first week of every month this year. Uh, fast once a week uh, for a long time. I always pick Thursday to fast. Thursday's been my fasting day. I don't do it every single week, but I do it a lot. Uh, eat dinner on Wednesday night, and then I will not fast until Thursday night. That's just the way I do it. During that time uh, that I would normally be eating, I seek God. Uh, especially when going through some difficult seasons or like that beginning of 2017, I fasted a lot <laughs> uh, to be able to hear from God and just be able to uh, knock down the distractions and to help my spirit man be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. But Jesus fasted. He fasted for 40 days. He fasted often. The early church fasted. You'll find throughout the whole book of Acts that they fasted frequently. The early church did. They fasted before they elected uh, leaders. They fasted um, whenever they were seeking God. And Cornelius, being a Gentile, he wanted his whole family to be saved. How many want your whole family to be saved? And, and, and this is the year that your whole family gets saved. Well, Cornelius, he, did, he wanted the same thing. What did he do? He fasted. He fasted and he actually gave. He was a giver. In, in fact, the angel, an angel came to him in the afternoon and said, Your giving and your fasting has come up before the Lord. So our fasting, that we do this as a practice, uh, it, it goes up before the Lord. It gets God's attention. Amen? But it also should be, and this is the most important when I say practice, it should become ritualistic. That's why I don't do it every Thursday because I don't want to become religious. You can make a religion out of anything. You can make a ritual out of anything. That's just our human nature. We, we like to do rituals and, and religious things because it's easier to do them than to seek God with all of our heart. It's easier to just repeat a prayer or read a prayer than it is to pray from your heart to God. But when you live a life from your heart, you grow in your faith. You want to grow in religion tradition, then you follow a little card and you follow a little exercise and you do this, you light a candle, you do this and you do that. That's not what the Christian life is meant to do. Jesus never did that. He demonstrated faith. He lived the life. And we are, we are to be led by the Spirit. We are to be led by the Spirit even in when we fast. So when the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to fast, you should fast. We learned this when we first got saved uh, many years ago. Serving the Lord, um, I was on the other side of the state driving a truck. I drove a truck for years, and I would go out of, out of town every week from Tuesday to Thursday. I'd, I'd go out and be on Grand Rapids and Holland, South Haven, Michigan, and making deliveries, and, and I, that was just what I did. And um, we just got saved following serving God. The, I knew about fasting being in the church as a kid. Uh, my wife, the only fasting, you know, really knew about was medically, you know, to fast, which is, which is good. Um, but she had no idea that that day, long story short, I got in an accident um, in South Haven, Michigan, and no one got hurt, but it was a pretty serious um, accident, and they were, we, I wasn't, anyway, I was going to lose my job, it was a very serious thing what happened there, again, no one got hurt, 
Um, but all of a sudden, this was before social media, before Facebook. I think cell phones was just now the thing uh, with the big antenna and the flip, you know. I mean, that's what we had. And that was like, and not everybody even had them. So she had no idea what was happening. But she woke up that morning and the Holy Spirit put on her heart to fast, to pray and to fast. She had to go to the Bible and actually look up the word fasting in the Bible. She didn't even really realize uh, the significance of fasting. And she come across some scriptures there that had fasting. So she said, God, I'm just going to fast and I'm going to pray. She had no idea that on the other side of the state uh, that was happening. And my bosses and everyone was deciding whether or not to keep me there. And I was going to lose my job. And when I called her later that afternoon... And finally got into the hotel and everything was situated. I told her what happened. We just were silent on the phone. We couldn't believe how God did that. Uh, my boss came to me and said, Eddie, you're one of the best employees that we have here, especially the last six months, because that's when I got saved. <laughs> he said, uh, we love what's going on. We love the new Eddie that we see. Uh, and we know the accident. It happens. And so that's what we got insurance for. And, uh, yeah, they're going to sue us. But well, we got insurance. But we want to keep you on board. And... Um, he said this, he said, I, you know, I'm not a praying man, but he said, I must say that someone must have been praying because that was not a good meeting we had about you today. And uh, I said, you have no idea, <laughs> but praying works. That's being led by the Holy Spirit um, when, we, when you practice fasting. It should be something that we practice uh, as followers of God, but spirit-led. Amen. Uh, the second thing, just running through these, uh, fasting, it's a personal discipline. It's a personal discipline that we do. Um, personal. Jesus said, don't do it like the hypocrites who like public recognition. They like the public everything. The Pharisees did was just to be seen. They loved the best seats in the synagogue. They wore the fanciest clothes. They prayed the loudest prayers and was very, you know, loud and religious. And they liked to do everything in public. But their private life really uh, was terrible. And that's who we really are in private, right? Uh, so the Pharisees did everything publicly, including fasting. They wanted everybody to know. But Jesus said, no, no, when you fast, uh, don't let everybody know what you're doing. You do it between you and God. It's a personal, it's a personal thing. Um, it's, and so that, let the Lord speak to you on picking the fast this week as a church even. I gave you many different uh, uh, options to fast. Pick one. It doesn't have to be the same fast that I fast or the person next to you. You can even fast. Uh, it could be social media. It could be your uh, all of that. And some people would go, my generation and older is like, that's not really fasting. Let me tell you something. 42% of the population is under 24 years old. 42% of the population is under 24 years old. Technology is their life. They get their communication, sometimes even affirmation. They get everything through technology and through social media. I'm telling you what, if you lay that down and seek God this week, that's between you and God. Sometimes skipping a meal ain't no big deal for you. You, you don't care. That's nothing. But putting down that phone and reducing your screen time will make your flesh scream at you. You need to fast that. Let it, let it be before the Lord. If fasting is about time, whatever is taking your time. Back in the, in the day when they cooked, it was an all-day thing. It was an all-day thing for them to cook a meal, to get an animal, prepare the animal, and to lay it all out. It was an all-day. So when they fasted, that was the whole day that they sought after God. And God honored that because it always has to do with seeking after him. 
and, and so it could be television, it could be anything, but let God speak to you. It's a personal, it's a personal decision of how you fast this week and pray to God. What is it? Holy Spirit will tell you right off the bat what it is that you need to let go of and fast this week. But it is also a discipline. Let me tell you how, how important it is a discipline is in the body of Christ. We love as Pentecostals, we love the power of the Holy Spirit, and I believe in deliverance. I'll show you in just a moment how that is connected to fasting. I believe in deliverance. You're looking at a person that's been delivered from drugs and alcohol for 25 years now, and and, and I'm loving it. But let me tell you something about deliverance. Deliverance sometimes is, we need more than just deliverance. Sometimes we need deliverance and discipline. Sometimes we don't need deliverance, we need discipline. We've been delivered. But our problem is going right back to it. Hear me today. Going right back to it after the week of fasting is over. After everyone makes their new uh, resolutions and the gyms full up, we see fill up. We see this every single year. It dies right back down by March. I mean, it goes right back. The flesh just loves to do that. What will help you uh, break through that and overcome that is having disciplines in your life. And fasting is a good way to add it to your Christian walk with God. It's your discipline. It could be a discipline in your life. So we need some discipline. There's a story in John chapter 5 where I mentioned it earlier. Jesus healed this man at the pool of Bethesda, did a miraculous miracle and healed this guy. But there's a very interesting scripture at the end of that chapter where Jesus, it says, found the man, he found this man, and he said to him, see now that you have been made well. Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. What's he talking about? Discipline. Jesus says, listen, I set you free. Listen, I I healed you. I restored your marriage. I restored that relationship. I got your mind out of the gutter. I begin to do a work in your life. Now, don't go back to that old life unless a worse thing shall come upon you. Come on, somebody. What is worse than what? The man was sick for 38 years. And Jesus said, once I've set you free, and once I've come into your life, and once I begin to move them demons out of your life, if you go back to that old life, it's going to be even worse than it was than when you first come at me. Can we handle this at the first Sunday of the year? That's how important discipline is, people. Discipline. Coming to church is a discipline. Even through the snow. Watching online every single week. Discipline. Those of you that are our, our online audience, stay watching the services. It's so easily to be disconnected through uh, media. I know I've watched it on at home too. It's my dog running around barking, you know, cars driving by. It's hard to stay engaged. That's why I turn it up loud whenever I watch it online. But you'll be even more tempted to log off or not follow the services or not read your Bible and, and do this. That's why disciplines are so important. Fasting helps break that because nothing hits the flesh right in the face worse than anything than fasting. That's why when you're fasting this week, your flesh is going to cry out to you. It's going to scream at you. It's going to hate you. It's going to hate that you're pushing the plate. It's going to, you're going to think of 50 different things to do this week besides uh, pray when it's come time to fast. I'm telling you, it has show you how strong that flesh is especially coming out of Thanksgiving and Christmas. Hallelujah. (laughs) We've been eating like crazy. But this is the best way to start a year. That's why we do it the first week of the year. Because it sets the tone for the rest of the year. It sets the tone in our spirit. But it's it's not going to last all year. It shouldn't be the only fast we do. It needs to be a discipline, a spirit-led discipline. And only you know when that flesh is getting out of control. I know when that flesh is getting out of control. I know when them thoughts are coming back, that critical spirit, that doubt, that envy, that jealousy, all that starts start rolling back in. Okay, flesh, it's time to sit you back down. It's time to sit you back down, right? Amen? You with me today? 
Discipline. Lest the worst thing come upon you. Three, fasting also prepares us for spiritual warfare. This is so important. One of the best tools of spiritual warfare is fasting. And and let me just say this. Fasting isn't magical. It's biblical. It's not demanding God do something because you're abstaining from food. That's not what fasting is. Fasting prepares you. How? It gets you more in tune with the Holy Spirit. It gets you more in tune with the spirit, spiritual than the natural. It prepares you for spiritual warfare. It prepares your mind. If you're getting ready to go into a season of, of you know, difficult times, transitioning, you're transitioning in some area of your job, you're going through it in your marriage, you're going through it in something like that, let me tell you, uh, fasting is the best way to fight against that. You're wanting to see your family restored. You're wanting to see some breakthrough in your life. That's spiritual warfare. What is spiritual warfare? Anything that will help further the kingdom of God and you have any kind of resistance, that is spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is any kind of resistance from advancing the kingdom of God. You want to advance the kingdom of God in your life. You want to advance the kingdom of God in your finances, in your, in your entertainment. And so you want to start watching some things or clean up your playlist and start listening to music that glorifies God instead of uh, stirring up the flesh and, and getting your mind all over into the gutter. That you will in- encounter spiritual warfare. It's not when Lucifer shows up in your living room and, you know, and, and start, you, you won't even have that happen. No, it's the evil influence that's against the things of God. That's what spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual warfare every time you go to raise your voice and, and, and witness to somebody and share your faith with somebody in your family and testify to somebody. You get all scared to death and what? That's spiritual warfare. That's spiritual warfare handing out a track. It is spiritual warfare to support missions. It is spiritual, anything that advances the kingdom of God and you encounter resistance, that's spiritual warfare. Us Pentecostals, man, we, we make it down to goosebumps and, and demon people speaking to you and, and all this other stuff. That's very real. And I'm going to show you in this next verse that that is also spiritual warfare. But a lot of times spiritual warfare is you just swiping left. That didn't go over too well. I said spiritual warfare can be somebody just swiping. You need to swipe left that relationship or that thing or keep scrolling or block or set it down. Because social media today, man, it's a totally different animal than it was. Then we had, when I was a youth pastor for all those years, we had our own temptations and our own problems. But it was nothing like today. That is spiritual warfare right there at 1130 at night when you're scrolling on your phone. That is spiritual warfare. Just as real as if you had an encounter with a demon-possessed person. Just as real. Just as real. We get so spiritual. We get so spiritual sometimes we, we neglect the practical. And when you become spiritual and neglect the practical, you become religious. The early church says we're spiritual, casting out devils, healing the sick, but we're going to have a food ministry that will feed the hungry. Jesus, as spiritual as he was, but he was practical enough to meet a woman who's been married five times and to have, have a sit down with her and have an engagement with her and talk with her. Nicodemus, he sat down and he engaged in a conversation. Practical things. That's what fasting is. It's a practical way to have spiritual warfare. In the story in Mark chapter 9, there was his disciples trying to cast the devil out of this uh, child, out of this kid, this young person. And they couldn't do it. It's a, it's a whole, you have to read that whole chapter. And it was not just a person that had, you know, sickness and, and a medical condition. This was a spiritual condition. 
It was a real spiritual condition that tormented this person and the disciples couldn't do anything about it and, and couldn't get healing. And there's that famous scripture uh, that is in chapter 9. Well, first of all, Jesus said, bring the boy to me. He rebuked them all. He said, how long do I have to be here with you? Bring the boy to me. That's how he did it. I imagine being Peter and James being all hyped up. And uh, Jesus is like, man, for real? Seriously? Bring him to me. Let me show you how it's done. So he brings him. And the Bible says while they were coming to Jesus, that thing manifested even worse. Why? Because the closer you get to Jesus, the more evil will try to fight you. That is spiritual warfare. Some of you are in a battle right now, and it's coming from every side that you're facing. Let me tell you, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged because you're getting closer to your breakthrough than you've ever been before in your life. You better give them some praise for that today. That's exactly what that is. So, as they were bringing it to Jesus, the child, the the devil convulsed. It was awful. And Jesus delivered the child. And the parents were just celebrating. It was awesome. And Jesus walked away, his disciples came right up to him, and I love this. They said, why couldn't we do that? I love questions. God loves questions. Don't ever be too religious that you can't ask a question. Ask questions. Holy Spirit, when I'm fasting, why did this happen? There was a famine in the land in the, back in the Old Testament, and David sought the Lord and said, God, why is this famine upon the land? And God said, you know why the famine is upon the land? Because of what King Saul did to my people over 50 years ago. So I am bringing this famine over the whole land. Nobody would have even known what that thing was on planet Earth for had it not been for David to fast and to seek God. There are some things that are you fighting in your life that you don't even know why you're fighting them. But I'm telling you, when you seek God through prayer and fasting, he'll speak to you through the Holy Spirit and give you discernment, wisdom, and knowledge. Come on now. Help me today. That blowed my mind. There was a famine in the land because of the administration of the nation was doing something ungodly. So God brought a plague or he brought a famine on the land. Makes you think about COVID a lot of ways, don't it? But I don't know. Let's keep going. So they said, Jesus, why didn't this, uh, why didn't it work for us? We prayed. We prayed in your name. And Jesus gives this popular verse, very powerful. Mark 9, 29. He said, because this can only be accomplished through prayer and fasting. There are some things that just will not happen in our life unless we fast. It just won't happen. You can pray. You can pray loud. You can pray quiet. You can pray in the Holy Spirit. You can pray with music, without music, with Maverick City, without all the other songs, whatever you can. Your favorite song that just brings goosebumps on your show, on you every time you sing it. And still nothing can happen. Why? Because this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. I'm trying to set your expectation for this week. Because come Tuesday evening, you're going to falter. Thursday, oh, I'm already here. Isn't this a week? Isn't this like a Jewish week? It's short. I don't know. <laughs> you start making up your own rules when you get real hungry. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. You can make it through a week. First time we began fasting years ago, man, we, we went a whole week. We were like, yeah, we got this. We went a whole week with just water. Yeah, Val, that's what I said. I was like, yeah, I woke up Monday morning. This ain't nothing, man. We can do it. And I'm making deliveries. And whew, Tuesday, I'm getting lightheaded. <laughs> Unloading my truck and I'm drinking water. I'm saying, can I have a little donut with that water? <laughs> I mean, you know, I need sugar, you know. And Saul's son one time ate honey. You know, you start finding scriptures that you don't even know is in the Bible <laughs> when you get hangry. How many get hangry in this place? Amen. How many person next to you get hangry? Raise their hand for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. It's going to be a struggle for you this week. It's going to be a struggle. But this is the best way to start the week. 
But seriously, though, some things can only be accomplished through prayer and fasting. Some translations leave that word fasting off. But it's in the main text of what Jesus and Christ said. Why? Because fasting allows us to surrender more and to focus in on God. It simply makes room for God. It makes room for the Holy Spirit. That's what fasting does. It positions us to walk with the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus did while he was fasting, uh, while he was being tempted by the devil. That's spiritual warfare. What did he do? He fasted. He fasted during that time. It, It will provide you with breakthrough. It will provide you. I can't tell you how many times... We have been, especially buying this building, doing our building on Savage Road, needing direction and wisdom. Man, fasted, fasted, fasting was always the way that God would bring us a breakthrough every time we fasted. In fact, at that last meeting, I'll never forget, we were going to the township and we were going to go before our public hearing. We done met with our neighbors and I remember going over to our neighbor's house and, and talking with them. Uh, remember that Frank, Frank and I and a couple others went over there and had the meeting with our neighbors and showed the blueprints and we were all like we we're wanting to build this on to the, our addition on Savage Road and, and they were not with it and they were like, no, I don't want my kid being in the backyard playing on a Sunday morning and they hear a car door shut. That was, and, and you're sitting there going, <laughs> we're talking hundreds of people are going to have their life changed forever because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're worried about, they may be watching. So anyway, so I said, so you had to just be nice and, and talk to their, and at the end of that forever meeting, you know, she said, but I'm going to support it. You know, I think I will. And I remember going on the way to that meeting, we done put a bid on this building, but it was not enough to what they were asking and the, and the finances to get in here and then to restore it. It seemed like it was just a dream. And I remember on our way to that township meeting, getting in there, I got a call from Rob, our realtor. And he said, I just, on the way to the meeting, perfect timing. He said, I just want you to know that they accepted your offer and that building is yours. And I said, what to do now? So I text our board. I said, We're st- let's still go to the meeting. Let's go to the meeting. Let's be there. We, we all got to in front of the township. I said, let's go in the meeting. But uh, guys, uh, that building's already us. I just want to see what would happen. We went into that township meeting. That neighbor was there, and there were even more neighbors, neighbors that I thought was on our side, man. They were like, we want you to build that building. Our family wants to start coming to your church, and we see how many things you do with the kids, and our kids wants to be in there. They were the first ones standing up, had a note, didn't even make eye contact with me. And I was like... I don't like the vibe in this room. And sure enough, they got up one by one, beginning how they build that building, it's going to cause our yards to flood, and it's going to be this, and we don't want that. I'm like, dude, you just told me how much you wanted. And I sat there, but inside I was like, look what the Lord, I so bad wanted to get up and say, you can have it. (laughs) So bad I wanted to say, now, you know, and just, I got that building anyway. Man, I just sat there, and I was like, oh, so heartbroken, you know, this and that. And, and the township was all going on, this and that. But inside, man, I was saying, God, and I, I'm rejoicing. Thank you, Lord, that we don't have to go down that road. Thank you, Lord. So this is a, a testimony to thank you, Lord, what he didn't have to allow us to do. Thank you, Lord, that we didn't have to fight that battle. Amen? Through prayer and fasting, quickly, five benefits from Isaiah 58, and then we'll close. Five benefits in Isaiah 58 where he talks a lot about fasting. That whole chapter he deals with fasting. He actually also at the end of that chapter talks about a blessing uh, being uh, two people whenever they give their Sabbath up to work in the house of the Lord. 
You've probably never heard that preached, but in Isaiah 58, there is a blessing for those that volunteer and serve in the house of God on your day off. It is in this chapter. He says, when you choose to come to my house instead of do your own good pleasure on your Sabbath, he said, then I will cause this to break through. I will cause your light to shine. I'll cause you to live on a highway. In other words, you'll see things happen in your life that has taken many years to get through. But man, things are just opening right up. Why? Because you've made God first, even in your Sabbath. I'm so glad. How many happy that you serve at River of Life? Amen. I'm telling you, it's there. It's in chapter 58. And many pastors don't even preach it. I'm like, what are you doing? This is in the word of God. But these are the benefits of fasting. The first half of the chapter talks about fasting. And it talks about really, the first one is deliverance. Deliverance comes. Through your fasting, when we fast, when we fast, you can expect deliverance to happen. This is the scripture. He will loose the bonds or the chains of wickedness. Deliverance can happen. Are you, are you battling something in your life that you seem to not just be able to get, you can't get victory over it. It's a habit. It's an addiction. It's the same old thing. And it may not be necessarily a bad thing. It just is a, is a good thing. And a good thing can become what? A bad thing if it keeps you from the best thing. A good thing can become a bad thing if it keeps you from the best thing. And that's God. You'd be doing a lot more for God if you wouldn't spend these many hours on a video game. You'd be doing more things for God if you weren't watching that series over and over again on Netflix. It's 104 seasons. We, we can name every character on that thing, but we can't tell you the first five books of the Bible. I'm just trying to help us today. This is the time that we readjust and reset because some things we haven't seen in our life. And maybe it's because we don't need deliverance. We just need more discipline in our life. Well, I'm preaching better today, I think, already. You hear this. We need more what? Discipline in our life. Because the flesh does not want to do what I'm telling you to do right now. But the Spirit does. Remember Jesus was praying and Peter fell asleep three times? And Peter said, what's wrong with you? Uh, Jesus said, what's wrong with you, Peter? Peter said, I'm trying. <laughs> you know, I've just been up all night gaming, you know, playing Halo all night, man. It really got me going, man. That's probably why he pulled the sword out as soon as the guy came in, the, in the, to get Jesus. I bet you he had that high score going and he wanted to keep it going. But he said this, Jesus said this, said, no, no, no. He said, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is the problem. Some of you wanted to get some great breakthroughs in 2021. God wanted it. Your spirit wanted it. But your flesh said no. And guess who won? Because God didn't run out of miracles. God didn't stop. God said, no, no. What is the problem? It is our flesh. Fasting puts the flesh in its place. Fasting puts the flesh in its place. You can get deliverance. You can get set free. I know people that have, been, that have smoked for years and they broke drink habits of alcohol. They broke habits of all, gambling, all kinds of things, which that is flooding our state like crazy right now is this gambling. We got someone in our church that uh, got really bound up in gambling years ago, lost everything. Gambling, man, can destroy you. Don't play with that thing. And, uh, but I know this, this one person broke all these, but they could not break the habit of cigarettes, smoking. And they couldn't do it. No matter how much anointing oil we poured on their head, no matter how many times we spun around, prayed up, prayed down, no matter what, it wouldn't happen. But when they begin to fast, it broke that power right off of their life. There's a, poor, there's a problem with pornography in the church and in our country, in the church of Jesus Christ. I can't tell you every time I go to a seminar with men, especially, but it's now with women, how many, they give you the statistics and it's unbelievable. 
because it's so easy to access now on your phone. And that's going to ruin you in more ways than one. You need to fast and seek God to break that thing off of your life. I'm going to make it real with you today. I'm going to make it real. We preach this way every week anyway. You want that religious stuff, go down the street. Benefits that will really set you free and make you more like Christ is going to come through prayer and fasting. Second one, emotional healing. This is what it means when he says the, the weight of the oppression will be broken. Also, soul ties. If I had time to explain to you what a soul tie is. But that can be broken. Emotional healing. is Because he's talking about oppression. Not possession. Oppression. Possession. You got demon possessed people. You got people that are acting crazy. They're filled with devil. Filled with the evil. But then you also have this thing called de- uh, demon oppression. Example of it is in Second Peter with the story of Lot. The Bible says Lot was a righteous man. Everybody say that with me. Lot was a righteous man. If the Bible calls you righteous, you are more righteous than when I call you righteous. He was a righteous man. But the Bible says he was oppressed by the evil conduct that he watched and listened to day by day. So the things we watch and listen to affect whether or not our mental health will be in a good place or not. Right there's Jewish scripture. Mental health. He was oppressed, not possessed, oppressed. And sometimes oppression is worse than possession. You can be healed of it through fasting. Your passion can be rekindled. Number three, I'm closing, starting to close down. Passion can be rekindled. I pray that's what he meant when he says your light will break forth uh, like the morning. When he said light, whenever you read light in the Bible, New, Old Testament or New Testament, he's not talking about GE. He's not talking about LED. Electricity was not ever was not even invented. So whenever he says light, it's fire. Let do not hide your fire. Let men see your fire. Let men see your passion. Why? Because passion is contagious. When people see that you're passionate about it, husbands, how do you leave your home? How do you lead your home into righteousness? Be on fire for God. You don't got to know all the answers. You don't have to understand everything in the Bible. You simply just be on fire for God. And what is being on fire for God? What is passion? Having more passion than the person next to you. Having more passion. Try to outshine, out, you know, shine for Christ. That is passion. And I pray that it be rekindled, and it can be through, through uh, fasting. Healing, physical healing is absolutely, I wish I had more time to break that down. There are uh, uh, physical attributes, we all know this, from, he, from fasting. Absolutely. Well, that's not too spiritual. Yes, it is. We are body, soul, and spirit. People don't like to hear that, but we are body, soul, and spirit. Our body is the temple of God. We need to learn to take care of our temple. Sometimes the problem that we're facing is not a spiritual problem. It's too many Twinkies. (laughs) And I used to deliver them for a living. I know all about sweets. Listen, uh, we need to get our temple right. We need to get our body right. My dad suffered and had a massive heart attack in January 2001. In the months leading up to that, the whole time he thought it was a spiritual warfare he was involved with because he was in a heated revival in Sheboygan, Michigan, where hundreds of people were being saved. And it was not spiritual at all. He was going, he'll tell you this. He was going to big boys at 10 o'clock every night after the service and he was eating uh, chicken fried chicken and southern gravy and mashed potatoes and he was eating, he gained like so much weight. I remember watching him preach one time, his lips turning purple. He looked like he was going to pop. And he had a massive heart attack. I'm telling you, this isn't always spiritual. It is physical. 
First John says that I wish above all else that you prosper in health as well as your spirit. You cannot complete the, the mission God's given you if our bodies ain't right. So there's some health benefits to fasting. Right, Tomas? You need to know more about that. See, our brother, he's a, he's a professional fitness trainer. He'll tell you all about it. I know he's going to preach. Pastor Eddie, come on. Lastly, protection. Worship team is making their way. We're going to go out with prayer right now. Protection. This is found in that same chapter. He says, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And I gave you that scripture in Ezra because Ezra was getting ready to transfer, uh, carry a bunch of gold from his city back to Jerusalem. And the scripture says that he proclaimed a, a fast so that we might humble ourselves before God and ask God for a safe journey for us and our children with our possessions. So we fasted and we petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. Instead of getting a uh, group from the king to follow him back with hundreds of, I looked it up how much money that was, it was insane millions of today's currency would be millions and millions of dollars in gold. But Ezra said, we're not going to take a, a, a bunch of soldiers with us. We're going to pray and fast and trust God that he's going to give us safe passage. We fast this week as a church. Let's believe God and trust God for safe and health over your families. Do you see that right there? So let's, um, let's close out in prayer right now. As we start our fast this week, so many different things that fasting does. Just read them to you, just said them to you today. I don't know what this year is going to hold, but I, I, I do. I've made that my, my heart's cry that no matter what happens this year, I'm going to stay anchored. That's my prayer. I'm going to pray, God, I'm gonna, that I'm going to stay more anchored with the Lord in my faith. I'm going to walk more in step with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I, I don't even pray, God, bring me, I don't pray, bring me teachers and mentors. Don't bring teachers and mentors in my life, but help me stay more teachable. And he brings teachers and mentors in my life. But I think it's more important that we pray and fast, God, that we stay teachable. We don't get to the place where we know it all. Amen. So can we just stand right now and lift our hands to the Lord as we close out in prayer. If you're watching online or even if you're here on this first service of the new year and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me encourage you to make him your Lord and Savior right now. It's just a decision you make in your life to surrender your heart to him. Because if we don't do that, fasting is just simply a physical benefit, really. But if we make the Lord Jesus the Lord of our life, it changes everything. So just bow your heads right now in this place. And if you need to accept Jesus, you just ask him right now, God, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me. Make me new. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name. You pray that prayer. You mean it with all of your heart. And it begin a whole new journey for you. Right now, I want to just pray over our River of Life family online, in person, as God just blesses our week as we just start this week off fasting and seeking God. We're going to go out with one more song and dismiss you. Father, I just pray right now. Thank you for this church. 
This church, God, you started this church in Wyandotte 20 years ago this year. We had no idea, Father, that you would take us through a journey of where we are today. But we say thank you. We celebrate that. But Father, here we are again, the beginning of another new year and dealing with this pandemic and everything else that is associated with it and all kinds of struggles and addictions and fights and problems and division. Father, we need you. We are here. We're your remnant, God, that are just starting this year off seeking you. Father, I pray a blessing over the River of Life family, everyone that participates in this fast this week. That God, that they, Lord, you would just bless our time, our fast. Speak to our hearts, speak to our mind. Give us fresh revelation, fresh passion. Set us free, God, those that need to be set free. All of us, Lord, bring us to a a deeper level of intimacy with your spirit. Pray for physical healing upon your people. God, let us see more miracles this year than we've ever seen. Thank you for last year, all the people that got saved and, and recommitted their life and water baptized and everything, God. Lord, we thank you for that. We're praying for more. Let your kingdom come, Lord, here in Southeast Michigan, on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we just declare this week as a week of consecration and prayer and fasting and seeking you, God, the God of heaven. And I pray a blessing of healing and prosperity to be upon your people. In the name of Jesus. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen